The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the program, and it's a fun day. Like I said, 49er football's back. We've all been waiting for it. We, we, we've talked about the draft. We've talked about the offseason. Obviously, with the 49ers, it's a lot of talk, but we're finally here. Jesse, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing fantastic, Rohan. Happy to be on with you. Football's back, man. Let's go. Yeah, man. It's the exciting part. I mean, you know we're going to get the topics that we always get, the quarterback talk the you know training camp battles all the offseason mumbo jumbo but in general i think it's just a good sign to see you know everybody back on the field it's really just all coming back after a a good hiatus because obviously i mean the offseason is exciting for a lot of ways the free agency period the draft period talking about all of that but this specifically i mean seeing seeing it all back together all come full circle back on the field it's it's a good sight to see for sure yeah, it most it most definitely is. And it sucks though, because it's kind of like sporadic ish over the next month, and then it's gone for another 30, right. 40 days, and then back again, you know. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. But let's hop right into it because there's a lot to talk about with this OTAs kind of period. Today was the first day that media could see, and we got a lot of reports from the main media members of the 49ers. Uh, of course, Grant Cohn was there, and everybody was there that we 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 could hear about. Start with the the guy who's seemingly getting a lot of the spotlight. Trey Lance took all of the day one, uh, the the first team reps, albeit again the teams are a little mixed. You don't you didn't see Brandon Ayuk and uh, Jawan Jennings out there, no. So it, it's obviously a lot of difference. But regardless, Lance was out there. What did you based on the reports that you've seen? and uh, everything you've seen and heard today. What did you take away from Lance and the comments after practice too? Yeah, I, I mean, for me, I, I expect that Lance will will do well in these types of periods. And, you know, I know that the conversation is going to turn to Sam Darnold, and we'll talk about him in a minute. But as far as like a competition between the two, I would expect that Trey Lance being in the offense for now going into his third year, even though he's younger and has a lot less live reps, might be a little bit ahead as far as that goes. But I think he did exactly what he needed needed to do. And I I also want to point out, I don't care. You know, I understand what Shanahan said. And yeah, technically there wasn't really 11 on 11s and all these other things. The one thing that I kept saying is for anybody who really thinks that Sam Darnold is better than Trey Lance and that the 49ers actually believe that, wait till day one of OTAs. And let's see who takes that first snap. And I guarantee you it's going to be Trey Lance. 
And I was right. And that's exactly what happened. And so I think that was important to see. And I think for me, actually, what happened afterwards is was the most important. Yeah. You could tell he was he was different. He was loose. He just wants to compete, as he said. I just I feel like everything he said going into the offseason, he's living now. He's confident in who he is. He's confident in his ability. And he's just kind of out there being loose. And his comment saying that he's finally enjoying football again or finally having fun again, I thought that was huge. And then the way he ended the press conference kind of joking with Grant based on his question about does he seek psychological help, you know, and all those types of things. I thought it was really good to see. It was it was good to hear from him and hear that he did well today. And I agree. I mean, everything that we 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 heard going into the offseason, a lot of questions about Trey Lance, a lot of a lot of unnecessary hate towards him. And I mean, I'm not saying that that's the only thing that was there. Obviously, there's a good sure. amount of hype going into to Trey Lance understanding the situation he's in. But yeah, I thought he was composed after uh, speaking afterwards today. And it was intriguing because really, to me, the one thing that I thought could only hinder Trey Lance from being the day one, like like the first team guy on day one was the injury. And it, over the last like month or so, it became seemingly clear that Lance was cleared. He was going to be ready for this period. And I mean, we saw it on day one. He took every single first team rep, regardless of whether you want to see, uh, whether you'll, we'll see Lance, uh, Darnold kind of take over some first team reps later on. I think it's important. It, it at least tells right now, who do they believe right now is just the, the guy to come in um, because regardless of what you think there's always going to be an order of some sorts there will be a competition but an order of some sorts and it seems right now lance has uh at least somewhat of a higher understanding be it because he's got the experience in the system whatever it may be and that's a good sign and i mean everything you heard at the end um i thought was 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 valid and i mean everything he said it before too he's wanted a chance to compete isn't taking anything away from Brock Purdy. And I mean, I think that, that all of that's true. And I think the biggest stuff that we've we've heard more about, revealed more about, especially after his work with Draft Kirstensen, is how important that injury was. You know, the the that finger injury was something really talked about and how it really thwarted everything. Both him and Shanahan talked about how um, the entirety of his motion, not only his throwing motion, but the entirety of his body, right, gets adjusted when dealing with an injury of sorts. Um, and so I, I think that the severity of it, but also the impact that it had so early on in his career and the habits that he had early on in his career with the amount that he was throwing, I think that that also hindered the development a little bit. And now we're starting to understand that more than before behind the scenes. Yeah. And I think. We can talk about it in a second. I, I did want to address Steve-O Supremo's comment because I've seen this more than once. Um, he said, you know, Brock, Sam, Trey, that was the speaking order. Is that the depth chart? I actually took it as the opposite. I mean, to me, they went in reverse order of what the pecking order is at this moment, right? Like Brock, and it's only because Brock can't play. Like, All I don't right. want to make it seem like, oh, Brock's the third string quarterback, but Brock can't play right now. So you put him in first. Sam was second. He's the backup. He would be ahead of Brock right now in the depth chart due to the injury. And then you've got Trey Lance, who was the guy that took the first team rep. So I don't know. I didn't really look too much into the order in which they spoke. Um, but I think a lot of people definitely did for sure. <laughs> mm. Yeah. You, I, and I mean, did you take anything from thing. that? I, I didn't. I didn't. No. Um, I, I see. I, I know what you mean. Like, I think some people took it uh, here and that uh, here and there were like, 
oh wow, this might be another indicator. I think it's honestly like at that point, I think it's a little grasping for straws, just uh, <laughs> for sure. especially on day one. I think it's a little more, you know, uh, just trying to take it a, little, a step further. I, I didn't really t take too much into it. I mean, is it intriguing? Sure, to some some eyes. I, I really am looking right now is like on the field, like how 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 is it how's it playing out on the field? And I think I like the way that you said it right now. It's Trey, Sam, then Brock, just because of who's ready to play um, and all the factors that have gone into the offseason. Yeah, and also I want to say this. Kudos to the 49ers because I think if most people had a chance to lay their bets before that press conference started of would a quarterback even speak, I think most money would have been laid on the fact that no quarterback speaks. Uh -huh. The fact they did all three was like the ultimate troll job. Good job yeah. by the 49ers. And maybe, maybe you know, maybe they're just trying to spice up the entertainment. They I'm sure. Oh shoot, we got we got Trey, we got Trey with the first team reps, we got Sam with second team reps. Let's switch it up, and then maybe you know, we when we hear from them the next time, it's a flipped order, flipped order on the depth chart too that day. Spice it up, yeah. Get some uh, get some good interaction going. Yeah, it was good. It was a good job by the 49ers. Very smart. But let's talk about QB two at least today, and that's yeah. Sam Darnold. He's a guy who obviously we've heard some hype from major media outlets about how he could be the guy if Brock Purdy isn't ready. And obviously that's took some fans the wrong way, understanding that Trey Lance is in the picture. Clearly right now we, we, we've seen what the depth chart is, at least on day one of open practice. What did you take away from what Sam Donald said and how uh, reports were going on today? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I would expect him to be a little bit behind where Trey Lance is at as far as just grasping the playbook. And I think he said as much. To to this point, up until training camp, he really is just trying to play catch-up. He's trying to learn the playbook. He said that when he first had his first signing press conference. He said it again today. And I, I think he means it. I, he comes across as like just a straightforward dude that's just going to tell you how it is. He doesn't really, he doesn't have quarterback speak to me, which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but he doesn't seem to have quarterback speak. He literally is just like, yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to learn the playbook, man. Like, yes, I'm here to compete, but I, I got some catching up to do. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. I, I will say this two things for me. And, and one is, is a personal preference thing. I'll get to that in a second, but him fumbling already. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's too apropos. It just is. I mean, this guy has been a turnover machine his whole career. And the battles that some of us have had on Twitter trying to talk about how he doesn't deserve a chance over Lance and how he's turnover prone and, you know, dating back to college and through his NFL career. Then you got others that are like, well, this, you don't know how he's going to be. And he hasn't had anybody to fumble. In OTAs, in seven on sevens, well, I think it was actually an eleven on eleven. I think he had one eleven on Regardless, eleven play yeah. that was a fumble. Um, but to fumble in that scenario, uh, come on, man! Like I, it just—it was too perfect. I, I only say that jokingly, half halfway. But I will say this: this is the second time that I've seen him speak in front of the media where he's kind of put up as a spotlight. Again, this is does not mean he can't be a good quarterback or or any of those things. But for right. me, for my preference, listening to Brock Purdy talk, listening to Trey Lance talk, they exude confidence to me. 
listening to Sam Darnold talk is really hard to get through. That dude says, um, and, uh, and, er, and whatever, 500 times in a three minute snapshot. And for me, that doesn't exude confidence. I hate that. If somebody's going to be the leader of this franchise, I would want them to be well-spoken and exude confidence. And I don't get that from him. And I mean, I think that that's something I'll definitely look to monitor, right? This entire off season. How does that change? I wonder if that's in correlation to where he is currently with the team. Yeah. Does that change as he gets more comfortable with the team, with the players, with the playbook? Because you're right, he is in learning mode right now. And that's why I honestly think Kyle Shanahan made the comment that he did about how he'll switch it up probably a little later in the offseason in OTAs uh, towards the end when Darnold has a bigger grasp. I did think the fumble thing was a little funny. Um, uh, I mean, I, I think it's just like... Uh, right now, I'm just looking at this team like a reality TV show, and I think it's just like another sprinkle of drama. Like it's just the perfect way to start this <laughs> off, and so it, it was definitely an interesting portion uh, portion of practice. And I'm like, when I heard that, I was like, oh shit, Twitter is gonna have a field day with this, especially after I mean his throwing stats. I mean, obviously context needs to be added, but throwing stats for both him and Lance were were pretty pretty darn solid. And then you hear about the fumble, and it's like, oh okay. Uh, <laughs> That's interesting. But uh, no, I mean, I think what I'll say about the quarterback situation right now, and we'll get to Purdy in a minute, is I think the 49ers are in a good spot. Right now, I think the 49ers are in a good spot. They've got quarterbacks where it seems like, at least seemingly, there's a good confidence about all three. You've got all three, it seems like, in a good headspace about um, uh, about the position that they're currently in and a good understanding of where they currently are with the team. And I think that is going to breed good competition going forward. And, I mean, whether you are a Trey Lance fan or Sam Donald fan or Brock Purdy fan or, in general, a fan of the team, I think that there was good to come out of every single one uh, based on what you saw or heard and based on how they spoke today. Yeah, definitely. And and I agree with that wholeheartedly. And one thing that I've been saying for the last four or five weeks is if I told you the destination or where the 49ers season ends, I just give you the result, but I don't give you the quarterback. And then I told you, hey, this was the quarterback that started. You would believe me. And it doesn't yeah. matter which one I gave you. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's that's kind of, I don't know if it's a good thing. I don't know if it's a bad thing. But it's just the way that it is with this team right now. No, 100%. And I think that's a good way to transition into Brock Purdy, the guy who has the most uncertainty right now. But we've heard a couple of things, and a lot of people have obviously questioned the timeline around Brock mm-hmm. Purdy. It seems like everything's going along the timeline. I mean, June yeah. 2nd was the day he was expected to be cleared, the three uh, the three-month period. Well, next week is June 2nd, and he's expected to throw at some point next week both him and Shanahan said it. And so what do you take away from the news that we hear about Brock Purdy, the timeline and going forward? What do you think about it? Yeah, I I think it's great news. I mean, as 49er fans, we want the best players out there. And, you know, regardless of who the starting quarterback is, we want that to be the best player at that time. And at the very least, I think, whether Brock Purdy starts week one or is the backup or what have you, I feel more comfortable with him playing than Sam Darnold. And so for me, just him being healthy is the best thing for the 49ers. So I think it's great news. He's on track. And I I like, I like the way that he 
carries himself and how subdued he is when when mm-hmm. asked direct questions he's like well you know i don't want to put anything out there i don't know for sure but you know that's the game plan is that we're going to start throwing and i would be ready but it's like a under promise over deliver situation he's not going to step out of his way and say yes i'm going to be back week one because even if he has a one week setback he knows how that's going to be portrayed he's very very intelligent in that way and so i love that he's hey, I'm just kind of taking it one step at a time. Yes, that's my expectation, but I'm not promising anything. I don't know. Anything could happen at any time. It's really out of my hands. I'm just taking care of the next step in this progression. And that next step is to throw next week. And I plan on doing that. I love that. I agree. And I think it shows his maturity. And I think Mm -hmm. there's a good understanding that he definitely wants to get out on that field. He definitely wants to try and be there week one. And we'll get to whether that's the best decision for him. But Overall, I mean, I think that that's a good sign. And I think there was another comment about him that I took from Kyle Shanahan that I thought was, it's not pretty telling, but at least uh, it gives you a clearer picture ahead of the week one timeline of whether Purdy might be able to go. And that is, Shanahan said about week one, but in order for him to come, he's going to have to be there a little earlier than week one. He's going to have to integrate himself a little earlier. And they still feel optimistic that that process is going to be able to happen based on this timeline. But I think that that's going to give an indication where while we don't know if he's going to be there day one of training camp, I think he's going to have to be uh, able to be, you know, present in team drills at some point in training camp for there to be a shot for him to be ready for week one. Yeah. And that's kind of been my, my thought this whole time is that he He's he has to be able to compete. He can't just be cleared and then walk basically off the the sidelines where he's been practicing, get the install in one week and you're ready to go. That's that's not realistic. You're talking about a kid that's going into his second year. This isn't a veteran quarterback who's been around. He needs every opportunity to get better himself. Whether whether he's the best quarterback on the team right now is irrelevant he still needs to improve and he needs that grace to improve We, or I know myself, I, you know, I, I think Trey Lance needs reps to improve. Brock Purdy has a lot more reps, but he needs more. He needs as much as he can get too. And so this, this fact that he hasn't been around or is not going to be around actually competing all off season, I don't think is great for what he could look like early on in the season. And then if you expect that, oh, he's so good and so far ahead of everybody else that he can just come in, and as long as he's cleared the Sunday before week one, they're going to they're gonna give him the game plan and he's going to roll. Like, that's just not reality. And so I'm glad that Shanahan cleared that up and was like basically saying, hey, I'm not going to just throw them out there, throw him out there if he's cleared. He's got to be cleared, but also showing us he can compete at a high level for a couple weeks before we're going to just put him on the field. And I think that's the right approach. And I agree. I think that is the right approach. I think you have to have that that kind of mindset. I think it's it's understanding what's best for the team. Mm-hmm. And Purdy could very well be the best quarterback on the roster yeah. right now or even at that moment. But if that's the case, you have to you have to first make sure that he's in the he's in the right space to where he can operate like the quarterback that you believe he can be. And whether that's week one given if he, he spends a couple of weeks or a little later down the line and he proves that he's still the best quarterback at that time, I think that you need to make sure there's that there's that grace period. There's a uh, an integration back into the first-team offense because, remember, when he gets reps 
It might not always. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Just be with the first-team offense. You might integrate them back in a different way. It's going to be important. And this is where I ask you, what do you think is best for Purdy's future? Is it starting week one? How do you how do you view his situation, and when is it best do you think for him to return? Man, I okay. So I think for him, I understand where his mindset would be. Is he really can't give up any weeks because he may never get a chance again? I mean, that's the reality of the situation. Look at what happened to Trey Lance. You know, Trey Lance got injured, and now he may never get the opportunity again. If if Purdy is healthy and comes back fully, that might be it for Trey Lance in a 49er uniform as the quarterback at any time. And so Brock Purdy's not in a dissimilar situation. Coming off of injury, if he's not ready to go week one, Trey Lance wins, looks good, okay, well, hey, you know, yeah, you're you're ready, but let's push it another week and another week, and you, you don't know what's going to happen. So I think. What's best for him as far as to try to regain his spot and make sure that he's the guy would be to start week one and be ready. But I don't know if that's best for him long term. And the reason I say that is because if he does go out there, let's say he only does have three weeks of competition and then he goes out there, you go week one on the road and you lose to the Steelers, your first loss. Maybe you don't look as sharp and it's because it's not because you're not healthy, but it's because you're just, it's the first game of the season. You haven't had the time. You haven't had the competition hours. You didn't get to develop during the off season. And then all of a sudden you come out week two and you win and it looks wonky. 
I mean, the leash could be short, you know, it really could. I understand that he put together a great film for eight weeks, but that was last year. This is literally a, 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 a week to week and a year by year league last year. Doesn't mean anything for week one, week two and week three this year. He's going to have to go prove it, especially if Trey Lance, if Trey Lance looks good all training camp and they just feel more comfortable with Brock, which would be understandable because he's put it on film, but then he doesn't look good. He doesn't look like the Brock that they thought they were getting. That might be a form too. So it's, it's a tough situation, man. It really is. And this, it's not just him. It's Trey Lance. If Trey Lance starts week one, same thing goes for him. His leash might be even shorter. But it's just a it's a really hard situation to navigate if you're a young player. Yeah, and I think I mean the point you bring up, especially about week one, is important. I think all three quarterbacks, regardless of who start, have a tough week one opening. Yeah. You're on the road against Pittsburgh, a good defense, and it's in a tough environment. Understanding the 49ers also are a team that generally has started slow. Uh, and that's that's an unfortunate reality that we've seen. And I think especially if you involve the circumstances around Purdy not nearly having as much time with the ones as either of the other two quarterbacks this offseason, I think it adds to it. And I like I, – I, I'm very intrigued with the short leash part because I honestly – I do believe it applies more this season than any other. But I've also seen Kyle Shanahan kind of stick with this guy for a portion of the year, right? We haven't really seen a quarterback being pulled for bad play uh, like uh, for for the last two two years, really, and there have been opportunities, especially in 2021, where Shanahan has openly admitted that he might have done it. But to me, I, I wonder really how how short is that leash for whoever does start week one, especially if it's not Purdy, because you have that confidence in Purdy, especially if you choose to let him develop on his own, get back to game shape, and really to where you're comfortable placing him to be the quarterback that he can be. I'm curious to see how short that leash is, and even if it is pretty, what how how do you how do you go into the season? What mindset is it? Understanding that yes, he was a the quarterback that you saw last year could be the guy that you see this year. Season every time, especially for these young guys, where you might see uh, season to season, uh, you know there might be a, a different season to season, especially with a guy coming off the injury that he is. Yeah, and and I've heard a few people actually make the same point you're making, and maybe I've just heard you say it multiple times. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> that could be the case. Um, about you know he's he sticks with his quarterbacks once he makes a decision. I think this is a unique season. I, I really do. Let let's yeah. go back to when Trey Lance was. First of all, when Jimmy Garoppolo was in there, there was nobody that was on his level. Like say what you want about Jimmy, but none of those guys were on his level. Let's be clear I about agree. that. And even then there are rumblings like, well, Nick Mullins might, you know, um, so there's that. And then when you get into when Trey Lance was drafted, they had a clear game plan or Kyle had a clear game plan that he was in a role with Jimmy. Well, then all of a sudden Trey starts to push him a little bit and he's like, okay, let's, let's see if we make this a competition for a preseason week, what happens? Trey Lance hurts his finger. That pretty much wraps things up. And Jimmy starts. Well, Trey Lance wasn't really ever healthy enough fully to just take the job away when Jimmy wasn't playing well. So, and we heard that if he had been, that he probably would have. 
So I, I think there's some evidence there that he maybe isn't as patient as he would show. And then last year, we assume that he would have rolled with Trey, but let's say they lose to Seattle, which I don't think would have happened. I mean, they were looking very good on offense with Trey Lance in there and easily rolled when Jimmy came back. But if they had lost that game, you don't think that they would have gone to Jimmy? I bet you they would have. So, I, you know, I yeah. think... I, I think we don't we haven't had the circumstance that we have now where let's assume health with Trey Lance and Brock Purdy. If one starts and it starts out rocky, I mean Kyle Shanahan at one point this offseason did say he felt like he had two starting level quarterbacks. He has said that he's very confident in what Trey Lance can do, but confidence doesn't necessarily override what you've been able to see, which is totally fair. But if what you've been able to see all of a sudden isn't there either, then you're probably going to go with the unknown that you still feel confident in and vice versa. So I, I just, I feel like that leash is a lot shorter than what people think for Brock included. And I think, I, I, I do think that the point is very valid about unique circumstances being there this season because we haven't really had a quarterback competition like this in any other mm -hmm. season. 2021, maybe you make an argument, but really, you know, especially with the finger injury that was included, that kind of put that to rest. And so I, I do agree. I think this quarterback uh, competition is a little different, and that's why I'm very curious to see how the leash plays out and how really this offseason also plays out overall. Want to talk, though, going a little bit away from the quarterback situation, want to talk about some questions that we've got going into this offseason. What are some on your mind that you think uh, need to be answered this offseason in order for there to be a lot more clarity about this team? Yeah, I mean, let's go one for one because I don't want to say mine and then you don't have any. I don't know if we've got the same one. So yeah. I'll say my first one is who's going to take the job opposite of Bosa? And is it going to be somebody that is kind of wreaking havoc himself or are they just kind of a placeholder like i i want somebody to be there opposite of bosa that is going to be a difference maker and can make some plays and i think that the 49ers are going to give drake jackson every opportunity yeah but i also know that they've got money sitting there and there are some reputable free agents that are available and if they get through training camp or halfway through training camp and none of these guys are, are taking over that job don't be shocked if they go sign one of these guys off the street and, and give them a one-year deal and fix it that way. The money is there. So we'll see how it plays out, but somebody has got to take this job opposite of Bosa and be a difference maker. And hopefully that's Drake Jackson. And I think that that's a, I mean, that's one of my biggest questions too, because when we talk about the defensive line last year, I think a lot of people were in consensus that it was a bit of a drop off from what you normally expect in terms of production, in terms of sack rate and things like that. And, yeah, now there's a lot of expectation on Drake Jackson. The good part, one picture that we saw today, it seems like he is bigger. It seems like he's noticeably bigger. Yeah. And that's something that, like, we've we've heard the 49ers hype up things in the offseason, and then unfortunately it doesn't pan out. This is one thing we've heard hyped up since John Lynch said it back in uh, uh back when he was working out in at the end of the season. Wilk said it last week, and it's, it, I mean, it looks, he looks the part right now. And it's that's clear. a good thing. Obviously, got to. Yeah. Got to, got to, got to put it out on the field. So we'll see that. But I think that's a curious part because you have a trial period. You essentially have this off season to understand is Drake Jackson your guy? 
knowing that there's a significant boatload of free agents right now in that edge market. And when there's a group of them this late, they're not going to, they, if you can get them off that multi-year deal, you might find some options where you can incentive base it and really get away with some, uh, some steal of an option. So curious to hear that. I'll let you uh, think about mine because it's similar with that in mind, Ark Armstead, We've heard that there hasn't been any like a discussion about him moving out to edge. Do they consider that move later in the offseason? Even if Jackson is working out, knowing that you know you could see Jackson in a more versatile role as he's bigger, maybe play some on the inside. You could also, though, the bigger thing to me is you've got a big group of defensive tackles, I think, that are deserving of playing time. I think the, the tackle group's deeper than the edge group. And I know there are versatile pieces in both sides, but the tackle group is bigger than the edge group. And you might want to get some of those young players, Kalia Davis, potentially some more, some more reps, obviously with Javon Hargrave there. And maybe you view Hargrave even as more of a rotational piece as well, keeping him a lot more on pass downs rather than rush downs. But regardless, you've got a good amount of defense tackles. Do you want to keep them on the field? How do you view that point? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's ideal, but I don't think it's impossible either. And we've seen him play in that position and do very well in a season. So I definitely think that that's a possibility. Plus, you know, nobody's going to run the ball that way. So that's a plus on on down one and two. And I think it just comes down to getting your best players on the field. And if, let's say they don't sign an edge, but Drake Jackson is clearly behind any of those defensive tackles that are third on the depth chart. Get your four best guys out there. Mm-hmm. Get your four best guys out there. And then when it comes to pass rushing downs, maybe Drake Jackson has shown that, hey, he's a good, pretty decent pass rusher, but he's just not a good run defender early on. Then, yeah, absolutely. I, I, don't, I don't think it's impossible at all. I think, I think it is something that could happen. I don't think it should happen, but I definitely yeah. think it's something that could happen. I, I, I like that sentiment. You got another question on your mind? Yeah. I want to know what the secondary depth mm-hmm. is really, because we've seen the 49ers really for the last few years have to go into the depth of the secondary. It's not like the guys who are starting the season have made it through a whole season. There's usually two or three guys in that secondary go out. And right. oftentimes it happens together. And so if and when that happens this year, who's going to step up? And what positions are they best suited to play? Is Womack truly a inside-outside guy? He can do either. Does Luter Jr. step in as a rookie? Ambry, I mean, seems all but about to be cut unless something changes drastically here. I just, I think there's a lot of interesting things in that secondary. And, you know, how versatile are those safeties? Can they play all three of them together at the same time? You know, can Jair Brown come down or or Hafunga or Gibson, any of them? You know, how do they play that situation? So I'm curious to see how the depth plays out in the secondary and how confident we are in that next man up when inevitably that actually happens, unfortunately. I think both of those points you make are very interesting because, yeah, in the past, I mean, right now, I believe the safety room arguably can be a little more, it's it's a little more deep, at least in terms of talent. You've got the special teamers like George Odom. You've got three guys that could be, um, you know, every down guys. And then you've got the group that last year, 
you thought could make flashes. You know, Taylor Hawkins could be in there. Quantrez Knight could be in there uh, as as training camp comes along. But cornerback, right, before, I mean, last year they carried five and five uh, in a way. But they had versatile guys at safety that could slide in to play cornerback like Jimmy Ward. And so in a way, while it was five and five, you've got more guys that can play corner. I don't know if you can make that argument as much this year to where the safety guys can play that nickel role at a high level, understanding how much say uh, how much you had in Jimmy Ward. And so does that skew the numbers coming into the season? Do you go with a, a, a deeper corner room or what exactly happens? Because you're right. They've dipped into the, the free agent pool at times in the season going to try and sign cornerback depth. We've seen Josh Norman, Drake Kirkpatrick, and I mean, in general, we've seen it over the past few seasons. Yeah, and and I think what's interesting about this year is it seems like a lot of that depth could come from rookies, Luter and yeah. and Jair Brown, both rookies, and both yeah. of them might be next man up at their position. And I think that's I think that's interesting because. We know Shanahan. He doesn't. If he doesn't have to, he does not want to play rookies for the most part. That's what he's shown, and he may be in a situation where he has to play maybe multiple rookies in that secondary. And I think that's the importance of Steve Wilkes and what he brings to the table and his coaching, and the fact that he really is a DB coach at heart. I think that is going to be huge, and and getting that development there quickly. The timing of him coming in as a defensive coordinator while also going this youth route in the secondary, I think it couldn't have been any better. I agree. Last one I'll slip in here before we head on out today. It's not about the starting right tackle. As funny as it sounds, I'm talking about the backup and I'm not even talking tackle. I'm talking, I mean, right tackle. I'm talking tackle in general. I'm yeah. not comfortable with Jalen Moore at tackle. I'm not that comfortable either with Matt Pryor at tackle after the year he had last year. I don't know if there's really a solidified name after not drafting anybody that has competition. Is there a guy that steps up? How does that backup tackle look a uh, role look after we lost, you know, Daniel Brunskill and we lost some depth there uh, at the offensive line? Who steps up to be the backup tackle? That's a that's something I want to see. And are they comfortable rolling with that guy with an injury? Yeah, I'm very confident in the interior of that offensive line. Not only the starters, but the backup. Right. Yeah. I mean, you've got There's whether it's Feliciano or Burford or whoever, you got Zakel in there. They've got options when it comes to the interior three, but you're right. They don't have that swing tackle that for sure can come off the bench and and you're gonna rely on. And you're probably gonna have to rely on them. I mean, Trent Williams is gonna miss a couple games every year. It's just where he's at in his career. And so if he doesn't this year, that'd be the first time in like seven seasons. So yeah, he's likely going to miss some time. Who do you put in there? What does that look like? And I think that's why the money that they have, you're going to see them be more patient maybe than ever in spending that money because whether it's signing somebody right before the season starts or saving it for the trade deadline and just seeing where you're at, I think they're looking at the team and saying, hey, we're, we're very confident in our starters. But we don't know what the backup situation looks like on defensive line, secondary, or offensive line. Right. And if we have an injury, can we make a lopsided trade where we eat more more money coming back from a team that's not competing just to make sure that we get that depth and solidify it there? Um, do we sign somebody off the street? Whatever. 
Or if if we can make it through the whole season and everything's great and we feel good about things, well, then for the first time in forever, they can carry money over and use it next year when these guys on this yeah. team become more expensive. So I think you're going to see them be a little bit more patient spending that money. And I mean, I think that that's true at both the edge and at that offensive tackle position. Yeah. But Jesse, it's been a great show. Talked a lot about the quarterbacks, questions that we want answered in camp. Thank you for tuning in today, everybody. For those of you guys that are in the chat and those of you guys that are watching, Jesse's got a show here just in a few minutes with Sunil. So be sure to check over the Last Second Sports channel. That's going to be it. See you again. Thank you for tuning in. And guys, we'll see you next time. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Every day... We rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.